0: Welcome to the Scriptures are Real podcast. This is the podcast where we talk about things in the scriptures that have just become very real to us because we think when that happens we can draw more power power out of the scriptures and we need all the power that we can get from these scriptures. I'm your host, Kerry Yulstein, and I'm excited about my guest today. We have with us Samantha Milburn, who is... Uh, an editor at the uh, at, at covenant communications uh, they are the publishers of books and so on and is the editor that I've worked with and uh, I've just found Sam to be so fantastic to work with and uh, just I don't get she doesn't give me too many gospel insights too often but anytime I get the chance to get it from her it's just wonderful and profound so I was just looking forward to maybe hearing from her a little bit and she's agreed to be on the show with us. So thank you, Sam.
1: You're welcome. Thank you for inviting me.
0: Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself?
1: All right. Um, Like Carrie said, um, I've been with Covenant Communications for about 12 years now. And um, I've, I've been the managing editor of Covenant for three years. And I just love working with books. I love... Um, I love working with fiction. I love working with nonfiction. Um, it's, it's an excellent mix to be able to enjoy just a light read and then dive into the scriptures with authors um, like Carrie and so many others who, um, who teach us um, every day. So I, I love that part of my job. I, um, I have five kids. Um, they're all just little I have my oldest is eight years old, and then I've got a six year old, a five year old, a three year old, and and a two year old.
0: That's and a busy life.
1: Yeah, yeah, they're a lot of fun. Uh, that's and, great. Um, yeah, we uh, we just have have a good time together.
0: That's fantastic, and I will just say that um, it is hard to find someone who is both a good editor and an easy to work with editor, uh, but Sam is uh, both of those, uh, at the max, she's just fantastic. So, uh, grateful to be able to work with her and just glad you'd come on with me. So, uh, why don't we jump right in? Uh, I think you have a story about Moses that you've said, uh, has really spoken to you.
1: Yeah. Um, Carrie, I wish I could remember like when, um, when this hit me, but I don't, um, I, I want to say it was sometime, after my mission, um, I was reading the scriptures and um, got to Deuteronomy 34, mm. where um, Moses is seeing the promised land, um, and and for the first time in my life, I realized Moses didn't make it into the promised land, and it just like blew my mind. Like what? What? Like Moses, who split the Red Sea, Moses who who fed the children of Israel and who led them for forty years and and did everything that God asked him to do, didn't make it into the promised land. What? And and then the more I studied it, the more I realized, oh, Moses didn't do everything God told him to do. And that's why he didn't make it into the promised land. Um, And so I just have, um, I have thought about these verses and thought about Moses's story for so long. And um, it it just fascinates me because a lot of times we think about the prophets as larger than life, right?
0: Yeah. And and if anyone was, it was Moses. (laughs) Right.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, uh, he really is. Like, I'm I'm never gonna split a red sea. You know, yeah. I'm I'm not gonna split a pond in my <laughs> life. Um, and we uh, we think about Russell M. Nelson; he's larger than life. Yeah. You know, and so it doesn't matter what time period the prophet comes in; they're larger than life to us. There's something that we feel like we can't. Attain, you know where where they're at. Um, but for me, Moses' story reminds me that these men are just men, and right. and we really can, like I I well obviously I am never going to be a prophet, right? Right. But I can attain a spiritual level that they can attain. Why? Because just like them, I am a child of God, and God has given me that blessing and that ability to become everything that He is. And if I can do that, and if Russell M. Nelson can do that, anybody can do that. Uh, um, and I, um, so I if it, if I can, yeah, um, I just want to go to Moses. Uh, in the pearl of great price, yeah um, verses three and four, and just as a preface, um so Moses grew up in the courts of Pharaoh right where where Pharaoh believes that he is god yeah um he he is the greatest of all beings, and Moses grew up with that knowledge that he was living in the The highest kingdom and under the highest ruler of the world of the universe. That's what he knew. Yeah. And, um, and so, so that is ingrained from, from a baby because that's when he got there, right. When he was a baby.
0: Yeah.
1: And, um, so when Moses flees and goes out into the wilderness and begins to learn, about God. Um, these verses, I just love, I love them because this is someone who has his entire life thought that Pharaoh is God. And all of a sudden he's learning. Nope. Nope. He's not. There really is a God. Um, and so it says, and God spake unto Moses saying, behold, I am the Lord God almighty. And endless is my name, for I am without beginning of days or end of years, and is not this endless? So Moses is saying, wait a minute, everything I have ever known is is false, (laughs) and you are the endless one?
0: (laughs) Um, Yeah, yeah, that's good.
1: And then then in verse 4, it says, and behold, thou art my son, wherefore look, and I will show, show thee the workmanship of mine hands, but not all, for my works are without end, and also my words, for they never cease. Like I just, I just think about Moses and that complete one hundred eighty degree shift that he had to make in that moment, and and just in his life, in his brain, in his heart, um, that realization that um that he is part of something so much bigger than he could have ever imagined under pharaoh yeah um and and it just it just brings home to me like if we are teachable if we are humble enough we can have these same 180 experiences you know, where we, like, we realize, especially as members of the church, we realize who we are, we're, we're told from a baby
0: yep. who we
1: are, like, we are children of God, we've got a song about it, and that, and we've got all the primary lessons, and then Sunday school, young men, young women, Relief Society, Elders Quorum, um, but do we really understand that we are literal sons and daughters of God? Mm. Like, do we realize that we are part of his workmanship and that he wants to show us that workmanship? Like I often think about my kids and how um, I have a, so my two year old right now is in this phase where she says, mommy look, and if I just look at her, she'll say, "Mommy, look." And I'll be like, I, "I'm thinking, I am. I'm, I'm looking at you, you know." But she'll mm. say, "Mommy, look!" Until I say, "Okay, I'm looking." Like she mm. has to hear, like, "I'm looking," right? And then she'll show me whatever it is she wants to show me every time. And um, and I think it's fascinating. Like God wants to show us; mm. He's saying, "Look." Like just like he did to Moses, wherefore look, uh. and and if we say, okay, I'm looking, he'll show us, he'll show us everything, mm. just like he did Moses. Um, and and it just it it just hits home to me how close we are to God, um, mm. and how much it means to him to to have us reach out because he's always reaching out. We have to say, I'm looking, yeah. I'm ready. So Moses goes through this whole transformation of thought and of lifestyle and of meaning and um, and realizes that he needs to lead the children of Israel. And so he takes upon himself that stewardship
0: yeah. and, and, and he is hesitant to begin with right he knows this is a big job he knows how powerful pharaoh is and it's a big job but but then he does he goes ahead with faith and says okay
1: right right um and and again like how often does that happen to us with our callings in church and yeah our our callings wherever we are, whatever stewardship we have at work or in the community or whatever. Or as parents. How yeah. yeah. Seriously. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: How how often are we hesitant to say like probably not the right person for that?
0: Yeah.
1: And I I don't I don't quite know if I'm qualified for that. But if we are willing, we will be given the words, the knowledge, the ability to fulfill the stewardships that we have. Mm. and and so I so we watch Moses go in to the courts of Pharaoh and plead for the liberty of of the children of Israel, and to be shown over and over the things that he needs to do to prove to Pharaoh that these people need to be let go and over and over he's given the power and the authority to, um, to do these, these plagues and these, um, natural phenomenons and, and everything. And, um, again, like I don't think any of us are going to call down hail and fire.
0: Yeah. But turn rivers to blood or anything like that.
1: Right. But but how often are we going to get the impression to text our ministering brother or sister? Mm. And how often are we going to get the impression to send an email Mm. to someone we're working with just to say, hey, I'm thinking about you? And how often are we going to get the impression to call mom or dad or to call brother or sister and just say, hey, I love you? Mm
0: You know? Yeah.
1: And then how powerful is that going to be in their life to show them that God exists, that God hears them, that God knows that they're there and he knows their struggles and he knows their loneliness, he -hmm. knows their burdens. And, and if they receive it, so much the greater, so much the liberation for them.
0: Uh. You
1: know, um, Moses is a man like you and me. And um, so, so we go out of um, Egypt and Moses continues to, he begins his leadership of these people. And they begin to murmur and complain yeah. and, um, and uh, like how incredible is Moses for just sticking with it for as long <laughs> as he did.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: And, um, and then he's given the 10 commandments. And part of the reason that uh, this is all going to come back to Deuteronomy 34 in a second. Okay. Um, but, um, Part of the reason that um, that the end of this story fascinates me so much is that Moses is the man of the law, right? We we think of all of our modern day prophets, and we can attribute an accomplishment to each of them. You know, I mean, they've got tons, but you know, like we've got temples, and we've got friendliness, and we've got. No. change you yeah, know
0: Remember a missionary yeah. and right lengthen your stride and these kinds of things yeah
1: right so moses moses is the commandments prophet right yeah and and the obedience prophet and mm. so he gets the 10 commandments and brings them down and the children are of israel are worshiping a golden calf And and so and so he goes, he breaks those and goes back and and gets new plates and and comes back down. But he's teaching them the law of Moses, the lesser law, and he's teaching them these commandments and he's teaching them obedience to God Mm. in preparation for them to receive the promised land because he needs to teach them. To draw closer to God, He needs right. to teach them that they that they do need to be obedient, yeah. and they do need to seek for God in all things. Good. And um, and so when we get to um to the verses where He is, they've they've asked for water. Hold on, let me. Um,
0: yes, yeah, this numbers twenty, I think.
1: Yeah, so let's let's do that. Let's go to Numbers twenty verses six through eleven. We have Moses and Aaron here, and and the Lord is speaking to Moses. Moses says, These these guys want water, right? And he's already Mm -hmm. given them water from a rock. And um and he says they want they want water again. And and God says, Take the rod. And gather thou the assembly together, thou and Aaron thy brother, and speak ye unto the rock before their eyes. And it shall give forth his water, and thou shalt bring forth to them water out of the rock. So thou shalt give the congregation and their beasts drink. Okay, it's that simple.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Like how simple are God's commandments? Every time. And somehow in our minds we make them such complicated larger than life difficult asks from God. Um, but, but all he has to do is, is speak to the rock. So he's already smitten a rock before and brought forth water. Right. And he's yep. just annoyed with the children of Israel annoyed with all of their requests and their murmuring and, and, and that this like i just automatically think of parenting. Yeah. Like you, you can't help but think about parenting. And how many times we we give and we give and we give and our kids still want more. Yeah. And um and so i get where moses is coming from. Yeah. Um i completely understand his his ask to God, I completely understand his reaction. I completely get it. Um, And that is one of the reasons this story is, um, to me, what you're looking for. Like, how are these scriptures brought to life in my life? How are they so real to me? Well, Moses gathers the congregation together in verse 10 before the rock And he said unto them, hear now, ye rebels, must we fetch you water out of this rock? So how many times do I do that as a parent? Look, kids, like, why? Why are you doing Why are you fighting? Why are you doing this? Why are you? Why are you complaining to me? I have I have done so much for you. I've given you so much. And you guys have all of these toys to play with. Like, Why? Yeah. Why are we acting like this?
0: And do I really have to do this with you again right? <laughs>
1: right. Yeah. for the tenth time today? And it's nine yeah. o'clock in the morning. <laughs>
0: yeah, yep, <Yeah. laughs> yep. Yeah, I hear you.
1: <laughs> so, um, so Moses lifted up his hand, and with his rod he smote the rock twice, and the water came out abundantly, and the congregation drank, and their beasts also. So not only does Moses take the credit yeah. for the water and saying, must we fetch you water? Yeah. But then he does it the wrong way. Yeah. God says, speak to the rock and the water will flow. Where does it say? Um, Bring forth to them water out of the rock yeah. um, and and the water will come out. So he, he smites it. He and then and then he takes credit for it. And do you know what God does? God gives him water. Yeah, it's just an incredible testimony to me of how much God loves us. God says, Do it this way, do this, and I will give you this. And we say, Okay. And then in our human minds, we think, all right, doing this, doing this my way, doing this the way I think that you want it done. And God is just saying, all right, guys. Okay, Sam. Okay. You, you tried. (laughs) I will, I will give you the water. And, and sometimes if I am being sincere in my try, he gives me the water and he blesses me. And sometimes when I'm not being sincere, when I'm just being mad and angry and not thinking in the right way that I should, he gives me water, but he says, but guess what? I'm not going to give you this other thing that you wanted because you know what I asked. You know what you were supposed to do and you didn't do it. And that's what happens here.
0: Yeah, and I think there's something really powerful there. And especially as we're comparing this to, you know, like parenting or anything, the Lord asks of us any calling or whatever. But but right now, as you're talking, parenting really is speaking to me. And uh, I mean, so let's put ourselves in the place of the children of Israel. I Murmuring and a lack of faith, not the best idea, but that our need is a real need. Mm-hmm. They actually do need water to survive here. There's not water. You need water. It's a hot place. Uh, I mean that, that's something that they do need. And I, as you said, fully understand Moses' frustration, um, but it's not very reasonable for God to say, okay, sorry, no one's getting water because <laughs> Moses did this the wrong way. Um, and and that's comforting to me because sometimes my children or the Sunday school class I'm teaching or whatever else has real needs and sometimes I'm, I'm going about it, like you said, like with pure heart, I'm just really clicking and doing the Lord's will. And sometimes I'm doing it this way because I think it'll benefit me and people think I'm neat or I'm doing it this way because I'm a little bit ornery or a little bit tired or whatever. Right. And and fortunately, the Lord will still give water to my children hmm. uh, or to my Sunday school class. They'll still get what they need. But as you said, I may not, and and the greatest blessing is going to become more Christ-like. And I'm probably not going to become more Christ-like if I'm doing it the the wrong way. It doesn't mean God's going to strike me down and that's the end for me and there's no chance for me in the future or anything. But it's not going to give me that full blessing right then, even though he's still going to take care of my children or my Sunday school class or whatever it is. He's still going to give them the water. So I, I, I like what you're saying there. That's really speaking to me. Thank you.
1: Yeah, no that's that's a great that's a great way of putting it, Carrie. Because we do like when we um, when we take upon ourselves the name of Jesus Christ, and and the hands are laid on our heads, and we and and the priesthood holder says, "Receive the Holy Ghost." Each of us has the individual opportunity to receive. Hmm. Each of us. Yeah, and it's not it's not on me for my kid to receive the Holy Ghost. It's not on me for whoever's in my class to receive the Holy Ghost or to receive any any kind of revelation, confirmation, um, whatever it may be. It's on each of us. So if I do something wrong, if somebody else is prepared to receive, even though I'm not. They get to receive,
0: hmm. you know? Yeah, yeah.
1: And and I just I think God works with individuals. He sees each of us individually. For that reason, because we're all humans.
0: Yeah. Like if yeah. everything
1: were on President Russell M. Nelson's shoulders, as as incredible as I think he is, we might all be in trouble, you yeah. know, <laughs> because he's not perfect.
0: Yeah, yeah, he would be the first to tell us that, I would guess. Yeah. So,
1: but but if we each are doing our part to receive, then we're each going to get the water when yeah. we when we are receptive to it.
0: Oh, uh, that's good. Yeah. That's good. Um
1: so so Moses's punishment, his consequence for um, smiting this rock. Instead of speaking to it is that he doesn't get to go into the promised land and um and sometimes so like i said I've, I've thought about this so many times and how incredible moses was all of the things he did and sometimes i think man that was harsh that was a harsh punishment Um, but he had a great responsibility and I think that he knew that. And I think that heavenly father knew that. And I think that he was prepared to do the right thing and chose not to. And again, like this story is, is so relatable to us because how often do we do something Or not do something and still receive a consequence. And we think, well, that was harsh.
0: (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
1: I didn't deserve that.
0: Wait a minute. This isn't fair. Yeah. 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 There's a part of me that says, hey, wait a minute. This isn't fair. Moses worked really hard for a really long time to get people into the promised land. And he believed when they didn't and so on and so on. And yet he doesn't go. Right. There's a part of it that doesn't feel very fair.
1: Right. Um, I just think we need to remember that. Like, just remember, sometimes we don't think things are fair, but God does. Yeah. Right. He sees the big picture again. Like we read in, in the verses that I shared at the beginning, his works are endless. Yeah. His vision is endless. He knows what is best for us. And just like sometimes I, um, I will tell somebody at work, like I, you can't do that. Um, I, I can see a reason, a really good reason for this process to stay the way it is and this policy to stay the way it is. Um, even though they say, well, that's not fair to me. I can see, um, as, as the managing editor, I can see hundreds of authors where they see their one situation as one author, right? And, and I say, if I did that for you, then what does that mean for the other hundreds of authors that might see that I did that for you, and then they might want that, uh-huh. or they might think, well, if he got that, then I should get it, or... If she was able to do that, then I should be able to do this over here, and um, and so it just all like it, we have to think big, yeah, when we're thinking about God, because the plan of salvation is big,
0: uh, yeah,
1: bigger than we can see, and I, I think about how. Moses is, is sitting out there looking out over the promised land. And again, thinking about God, he did get that punishment, but did he get to go live with God in the end? He did. He did. God took him up unto himself uh, when Moses's life was done. And and so maybe he didn't get that promised land, but if I had to choose between the promised land that the children of Israel received at that point in their in their lives, and the promised land that Moses received when he was brought up to God at the end of his life, one hundred percent of the time. I'm going to choose living with God again. Right. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And, and so that just, that speaks to me so much um, because again, relating the scriptures to us, how often do we sit outside of what we think our promised land is and say, why why didn't I get that?
0: Hmm.
1: You know, Um, I wanted to have six kids. And I couldn't. For medical reasons, we were done at five. And do I sit outside my promised land of six kids and say, why didn't I get that? Like, oh. oh, God is so mean. Like, I just I just really wanted one more kid. No. Because I understand. That's not my promised land. I thought it was. I wanted it to be. But it's not. My promised land is five kids. And my promised land is the celestial kingdom with my husband and those five kids. Hopefully, yeah. someday, you know? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And and we don't know all the ways God will fulfill these things, right? Like I like to think about Moses' story continuing and I mean he does. Go to the promised land with Elijah and hang out with Jesus and Peter, James and John for at least a little while. Right. I mean, and, and he, then he comes to Kirtland. And so, I mean, he, he right. still has some cool things he gets to do after this. Right. So it, in some ways, well, maybe you didn't go in there, but you got to do some cool stuff. Right. God had some other things in mind that weren't all that bad.
1: Right. right.
0: And, and, and maybe if it's all right, I'd love to explore with you just a couple of elements of this because they're there, there's so many wonderful uh, complicated uh, things about the story that can apply to us so um for example I, I i love and you you brought this up but one of the things i love about the old testament is uh and i i use this phrase sometimes you know that it shows us uh, the great prophets warts and all right that um uh it doesn't hide from us right we get we get a fairly sanitized nephi um i mean you you just hear him you know, uh, in his own when when we get uh, his psalm or you know Second Five Four, and he talks about the things he struggles with and so on. But it's it's fairly sanitized. But here you get you see Moses, who really is larger than life, but he he has a couple times where he struggles a little bit, right? And it might be that his father-in-law has to tell him, you know, this you're not doing this very well. We right. <laughs> we, we can do this better. Or a couple times where he seems a little bit frustrated and has to be kind of calmed down. Or this time, right? So. Uh, at, like you said at the beginning, it's it's so helpful to see these amazing and to be exalted people. Uh, I mean, they will be exalted, right? But th- they have their flaws as well. That's comforting to me. Um, but uh, there's another element of this that, that really helps me, especially when I think uh, of that, uh, what we were just talking about, where, okay, my, my children will still get water uh, even if I have... Uh, not, uh, done things perfectly. Um, and it, it, helps me also, there's another element of this that helps me think, okay, but I'm still going to be okay. Even if my, my children are the people that I'm trying to help don't do things perfectly. Right. Because, right. um, in this, this story of Moses, not going into the promised land, uh, th- this, uh, all that we've been going through absolutely Accurate, right? I mean, very clear. Scriptures have it in there, and yet there there are some more complicated reasons. Some of which we've talked about is that uh, you know he's going to be translated, and uh, so that he can come back on the Mount of Transfiguration and uh, and and uh, bestow some priesthood keys there. And so, I mean, I don't know what it looks like. I, I mean, I suppose he could have gone as a translated being into the. I mean, he could have gone into the promised land and then been translated. Right. I don't know why that has to be the moment. But but it's at least a complicating factor that uh, he's got to have some kind of different kind of ending. Right. So I always love that as you drive uh, along uh, just past the Jordan River, they have a, a tomb for the prophet Moses. It's a it's a Muslim tomb. And i was like, yeah, he's not buried there, just so we know. He's, he's not actually buried anywhere. But, um, uh, but it's a nice place to, to think about him and honor him. Uh, but we have this other element that we get um, in section 84, where it talks about, uh, I think in, uh, oh, let me find it, 84, somewhere in the mid-20s. Yeah, 23, uh, Moses taught the children of Israel to sanctify themselves so they could behold the, God, uh, the face of God. Verse 24 says, they hardened their hearts and could not endure his presence. Therefore, the Lord in his wrath for his anger was kindled against them, swore that they should not enter into his rest while in the wilderness, which rest is the fullness of his glory. So the the children of Israel don't get to see him. And that generation is not going to go into the promised land either. And then we get verse 25. Therefore, he took Moses out of their midst and the holy priesthood also and the lesser priesthood continued which priesthood holds the keys of the ministry of angels. So I'm not sure fully how to understand that, but it seems like, you know, we we know that they received the lower law because of their lack of faith. And it seems like they then can't have Melchizedek priesthood leadership. Uh, Although there will be Melchizedek priesthood holders, but it's not going to be Melchizedek priesthood leadership and Moses represents that in some way. So I don't know how that factors in here. It seems like it's a, a part of this as well, but that part makes me think, in some ways, you know, Moses, yeah, Moses had his his moment or moments where he uh, he didn't do this perfectly, and God still gave them water, and they had their moments where they said, you know what? Despite Moses's best efforts, we're not going to receive this blessing, and that made it so that some things didn't happen for, or it was a part of of things not happening for Moses, and maybe the way he wanted. I don't know what he really wanted, but. Right. right. I mean, all of these things interact and and that's comforting for me because sometimes it's my fault that things didn't go well in my Sunday school class or in my family. And Mm -hmm. sometimes it's that I was trying to help my children and they just wouldn't listen. Or I was trying to help my Sunday school class and they just wouldn't listen. And does that have consequences that affect me? Yeah. Um, But as you said, does that mean... I don't get the the full and ultimate blessing. No, no, it doesn't. Right. Uh, All these things interact with each other in a, in a complex way. And the good news is, as you said, that in the end, it all works out. Uh, I, I, there's a part of me that cries that Moses doesn't go into the promised land. Uh, Really. There's a part of me that's just shattered by that. Like no one worked harder for longer to accomplish this goal than that guy did.
1: Yeah.
0: And wow, that that's hard. And yet it it works out. Okay. And, and as you said, that gives me hope both in the moments where I'm taking credit and smiting the rock and in the moments where I tried my best and they just wouldn't accept this blessing and, uh, uh, and things aren't happening the way, you know, now this family situation isn't looking the way I pictured my like you said, my promised land family, right? This huh, this isn't what I thought it was going to look like. It's looking a bit differently, and some of it's my fault, some of it's their fault, but it's still a pretty good promised land family, right? It's just different than what I expected, as you said. Um, and uh, yet, uh, the Lord is going to make it all work out to be a greater promised land than uh, fa- promised land family and promised land in general than any of us has ever ever considered. And there just may be some moments where I have to say, "Darn, Moses didn't get to go in." Oh, oh well, right. Um, it, this is going to work out. So uh, I have not th- understood this in, in this way until, as we've been talking, you've really helped me see and, and, and think about all these different factors and all these ways it, it applies to me. I've, I haven't really done that until you made it real for me this way. So thank you for that.
1: Yeah. Um. Carrie, you know, one of my biggest takeaways from this story is how just and how merciful Mm. God is. Because in Doctrine and Covenants, section 82, verse 10, it says, I, the Lord, am bound when ye do what I say. Mm. But when ye do not what I say, ye have no promise. When I was on my mission, I gave a talk um, to the missionaries in a mission conference. And um, I, I was talking to them about our temple covenants and, um, and the, just the covenants we make with God and the promises that he gives us in return. And I said to them that when we break our covenants, when we disobey God, God does not understand. Um, and I just, like, I've thought about that so much. I don't even know if I had even thought about that before that point. Like if the the Holy Ghost just put those words into my mouth and and I said them. But how often do we do something that we're not supposed to? And we say to ourselves, it's okay. God mm-hmm. understands why I did what I did well the truth is he doesn't he doesn't understand he does not think it's okay for us to disobey on no. any level and and take moses for example yeah. you know like he is not okay with a little bit of disobedience he is not okay with this one situation is different from all the rest of the situations in all of humanity. And, and so it's okay. No, it's not. It's really not okay. God is not okay with our disobedience. And, and Moses shows us how not okay. God is with our disobedience. God loves Moses. God prophesied of Moses he he built Moses up from the moment he was born to be the the leader that he was, and God gave Moses every opportunity to succeed. He didn't say, "You want water? Oh, go figure it out." But he said, "I will give you water. I will do it. Just do this thing I ask, and I will give it to you." So God gave Moses everything that he needed. Maybe not that he wanted, everything he needed.
0: Yeah. And stood by him through all sorts of stuff.
1: Yeah. And when Moses disobeys, God didn't say, Moses, you are my buddy. And we have been through so much. It's okay. It's okay this one time. No, he said, you know what? You blew it. I asked you to do this and you didn't. and And that's it. So there is the justice of God, um, but um, as as the crowning jewel of all of this, um, we have God's justice, but we also have his mercy. We have his son, our Savior. So if we go to Alma, let's go with verses 40 and 41. Oh, um, oh, sorry, Alma chapter 11. Okay. And, and we're talking about Jesus Christ. It says in verse 40, it says, And he shall come into the world to redeem his people. And he shall take upon him the transgressions of those who believe on his name. And these are they that shall have eternal life and salvation cometh to none else. Um. I'll just stop right there with with verse 40, because that says it all. So so God does not understand for one second, for even a little bit, our disobedience. But he has given us a way to fix those moments. He has given us a way to overcome our, our humanness and our frailties and our weaknesses. He sent his son to redeem us. He sent his son to say, hey, you messed up. Come back. Come back to me and I will make this right. Mm-hmm. And, and I love verse 40 because it says, these are they that shall have eternal life and salvation cometh to none else. I, this verse says everything that, that Moses is and was and did and, and didn't do. Um, we will get eternal life we will get the blessings of the atonement of our savior if we if we take upon us the name of christ if we come unto christ if we try every day in some way to follow our savior we will have that salvation and it will come to none else and so every day We strive every day we work and it might not be like it might be today. My promised land is to get to go to bed tonight. (laughs) And if I just make it through this day and I think about Christ once and I get to my promised land and put my head on that pillow, amen. And there are other days where we, where we have more, where we are able to minister to other people, where we are able to bless other people's lives through our, through our works and through our testimonies. And then the promised land is getting to share the joy of the gospel with them that day. Whatever our degree of our promised land is for the day, if we remember that Christ is at our head, and that he will bless us and he will help us and he will give us the capacity to do whatever our stewardship is for the day. We're going to be okay. Mm.
0: That's, that's, that's beautiful stuff. So, uh, if I, if I'm hearing you correctly, uh, I, I think you're saying, I mean, and looking at verse 40 here in Alma 11, where it talks about those who believe, uh, will have eternal life, right? So, uh, Moses uh he never didn't believe right did he did he have some bad days and and things that uh didn't go perfectly uh, yeah and and uh or that he didn't do perfectly i should say yeah and did he have some consequences for that yeah but did he believe yeah, yeah. so does he have eternal life the true promised land yeah because that uh, the the believing ended up trumping it doesn't erase well in the end it does erase it but it doesn't mean the other didn't happen right Right. the other happened and you have to deal with what happened but it does erase and it does trump the other the belief does and makes it uh, that that true promised land possible i I think that's what i I hear you saying am i interpreting that correctly
1: yeah 100 percent um we we are gonna have bad days we're gonna have moses moments where we mess Uh up for whatever reason Um, we grow short with patience, we just don't have the knowledge, we, you know, whatever it's going to be, we're going to mess up. But the underlying belief that Christ is our Savior, and that he is going to save us in the end, is what's going to make all the difference. We can mess up, but we can also fix it through the atonement of Jesus Christ.
0: That's good. And I think this is important to think about. I'm just now thinking on another level. I felt felt like we were about done, but now I'm thinking of one other thing that as as I'm working with youth and there's a fine balancing line we're we're trying to hit all the time here, right? We don't want any of us, myself, my children, the youth I work with, the college students I teach, uh, my friends, uh, your friends and whatever else. uh, We don't want anyone to feel like, okay, if I didn't keep it all the commandments perfectly. It's too late for me. Right. We don't want anyone to think that, but at the same time, we don't want anyone to think it doesn't matter as you were saying earlier. Right. And you've, you've said all of this, but I'm thinking about, um, especially youth, it's easy to think, okay, well the stuff I'm doing right now doesn't really matter. And, uh, and I can repent and be forgiven. Well, you can repent and be forgiven, but the stuff we do does matter. And there are sometimes consequences that don't go away either for a long time or even in this life. They will go away if we believe and we're forgiven. They will eventually go away, but it may not be in this life. Uh, and, or maybe it's just after a year or something. But, but there are some consequences that are, we're going to have to deal with. And, uh, which is one, it's not the only reason, the best reason for not sinning and, and, and for doing our best to, to do things right is because we love God and we want to, Please him and do things the right way, but it's also worth keeping in mind. Sometimes th- there really are consequences, and and uh, you're not going to just get away from those consequences by uh, repenting. It, it, you will eventually, but it doesn't mean you're not going to have to deal with them. and And that's worth thinking about. I have seen some people who have felt like I can just do this, and uh, it'll all uh, I'll repent next week and it'll all work out and sometimes it doesn't all uh just go away next week when you repent right and that's worth keeping in mind as well while at the same time keeping in mind that yeah that belief will get you there Mm. it it really will it really will exalt you and so you've you've really already said that but i was just having this idea of specifically applying it to sometimes the the short-sightedness of youth uh well probably we all have that short sightedness so maybe I shouldn't aim just at the youth but right now I'm working with youth a lot so it uh, made me think of that so uh thanks for letting me interject that in the the middle of your uh, profound uh lesson you were teaching us but
1: yeah no it, it's true like we we sometimes think oh it's okay but what are we missing out on yeah um, what promised land did we just give up yeah. um because or, or... go ahead.
0: I was just going to say, or what, yeah, another way of saying is what joy did we not experience?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And because we might, we might get that joy back in some other way doing something else. We might not, we might get a specific promised land back. We might not, you know, doing something else, but we just, we just never want to give up. The opportunities God is giving us. Mm. His path is so simple if we just follow it.
0: That's good. We make
1: it complicated. Yeah. But his path is so simple if we just follow it. Well, and that's it's good. just full of joy and love and happiness. Like, who good. wouldn't want that?
0: Yeah. 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 And we'll balance all of that with his his mercy and his willingness to forgive but it is a balance and and both ends are happening at the same time both yeah. ends of that stick yeah
1: yeah
0: uh so that's so much fun to explore that with you sam thank you so much just uh you've really uh helped me think through and understand some things and i hope it's done the same for all of our our listening audience and we hope that they'll uh, go and share this uh with Uh, their family and their youth or whatever else and uh, and their friends and and, uh, let everyone learn these lessons that sam has been teaching us so uh, thank you sam and thanks to our audience
1: thank you